Hello. Hello. You're outnumbered, Melissa, by a big number today. Why, you're all in Texas? We're all Texas. And Barack is a well-known exhibitor. He owns and operates the Texas Theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Barack is a is been a friend for a long time and a huge supporter of movies in Dallas and very well respected as uh, an independent theater owner as well. So uh, Barack, welcome to our little podcast at the movies. And we really put this together to talk about really from the exhibitor point of view, um, what's going on with movies and our love for movies and what's happening in the background. So we're going to just have about a 30 minute casual discussion and uh, we want to hear your side of things and we'll, we'll just jump in. So um, thank you for joining us today. It's a real pleasure to have you on. Well, thank you, Brandon, for having me. You bet. Um, So I'm going to jump right in. What is your favorite thing about being an exhibitor? Favorite thing, um, you know, it's it's being able to, uh, sh- you know, share a movie maybe that you that you like a lot with uh, others that maybe who haven't seen it, and then have them kind of create their own experience that they take home and they remember. Uh, oftentimes, um, it's in the repertory programming uh, is what I'm talking about, which which we which is mostly what we do here at the Texas Theater is show. Uh, repertory uh so that's that's the most satisfying thing to me do you have a uh do you have a favorite memory or a proudest moment while you've been there at the texas theater and when did by the way when did you reopen the texas theater and spin this up again because it, it truly is a landmark well the texas theater you know was built in 1931 uh owned uh, briefly by howard hughes uh, and then uh, became famous on eleven twenty two sixty three as the location of uh, of Lee Harvey Oswald's capture um, uh, while he was watching a movie called War is Hell, um, and uh, basically it was sort of owned by different iterations of United Artists for fifty years. Uh, they closed in eighty nine. Um, it was used uh, in the movie production of Oliver Stone's JFK. Uh, the, uh, this theater played a lot of mo- the movie theaters over its time, but it's, JFK is the only one where the Texas theater plays itself. Um, and it's uh, closed um, for a long time in the 90s, sort of stopped and started. Uh, a group got together called the Oak Cliff Foundation uh, around 2001 and bought it from someone who was basically going to potentially tear it down. Uh, and they started spending time and, and money to uh, do a lot of work on the theater. And uh, they did a lot of infrastructure work between 2001 and, and 2009, 10, uh, but they didn't have anybody running it. Uh, so, so I put together a group in 2010 to take over the theater. And that's how, that's how long we've been running it until March 15th of this year. <laughs> um, now we run it in the parking lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, from, from uh, we'll get to the COVID, you know, debacle okay. here in a second. But do you have a do you have a really a favorite memory or a proudest moment of the last ten years? And by the way, when is the actual when is the actual ten year anniversary? Well, it's this year. It would probably be this December. We had a couple stops and starts, but I would say our grand opening was um, end of December. Even though we did some pop ups all through. Uh, the second half of 2010. I'm going to say, it's hard for me to say like number one. I have some that are like top five. I'm going to say uh, probably definitely in the top five. And I'm going to say this because James is on the call, but maybe not. Um, <laughs> when we did the RoboCop screening here for Div, oh, yeah. 
um, I think it was 2012. We had yeah. a 35 millimeter print of, of RoboCop. We had Peter Weller in the house. Uh, we had uh, all the, the producers, the writers. Uh, it was the 25th anniversary screening. Full house in here, people. Um, it was it was a fancy, it was a big red carpet that Diff set out out front. Uh, Peter Weller's baby was here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was like a whole thing. Um, uh, what's that guy's name? What's John Davidson, right? Uh, yeah, John Davis. John Davidson was here, and he also he was the writer and one of the producers. Uh, he also was the voice of t- uh, ED two hundred nine. We have a RoboCop arcade, which I bought pre- pretty much for the occasion, and he signed our RoboCop arcade. Um, <laughs> It was it was a great screening. It was also really stressful because at the time we didn't have DCP. Not, not, not many people did, uh, and we had invested a lot in 35. And for some reason, even though we had spent in 35, um, uh, when we would do big screenings, people were like, "I don't know, should we show 35? It seems like the print might have some scratches." I was like, "Yeah, that's the point." Um, and <laughs> and, uh, and there was and back in those days, it was always like, well, "Do we need to bring in some other projector?" I was like, "No, let's show the print." Uh, and I just remember that was a big to- a topic of conversation uh, with me and James and, and the whole team. And and uh, it was a great print, and uh, it was Beautiful awesome. Beautiful print. Was that was one of the best yeah. screenings of my entire life. I, I I love that. I got to wear a RoboCop helmet and yeah, and Robo Baby. That's what we kept calling Weller's baby, Robo Baby. <laughs> was on stage with everybody. I was like, this is nuts. It was a great show. God, I was God. I missed that. And and yeah, and I feel like it's the best screening that's happened to RoboCop in Dallas. I know that they did one at the police department a couple years ago outside. Yeah. Which was- I wasn't at that one, but I heard that one was great. Peter Weller was not at that screening, I don't think. He was not. Uh, was so, not. So, James, you win uh, <laughs> the screening where we had Peter Weller. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, if, I mean, unless we had had like Paul Verhoeven, I don't know how that screening would have yeah, been. Yeah, and, I, and believe me, I tried real hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't for, I mean, that would have been Paul insane. In the house. Uh, but, yeah. but yeah, that's got to be that's got to be right up there with one of the best things we've done here for sure. Yeah. And I, Brandon, I just want to jump in real quick. So I, the Texas theater is iconic. I mean, not only we, we do our, if we have a big splashy, we need something great retro screening to do, or even something that's not opening night or something we want to do at the Texas theater. And I mean, just from a personal note, I, that's a theater, my engagement photos, we took our engagement photos when thanks for changing the uh, marquee for us as well as at the Texas theater or even I think it was something else that was crazy. Yeah, friends of mine got married at the Texas Theater. It's just this really great local icons. It's theater history, and the fact that it's in our town, it's just amazing. But uh, yeah, for sure, all those. And then I'm, I'm while, while I got you, I'm thinking of other ones that we've done. A lot of the screenings that we did for Diff in, in the in the early years of when we started were great screenings. Remember that screening of um, uh, uh, I, I caught, not 54. Uh, what's the uh, this, uh, Michael Caine's movie about the dance. Club. Oh, 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 yeah. Um, Star Club. Star yeah. Club. That was which crazy. Was, which was technically like way oversold. This room yeah. seats 650. And I remember, I think I was talking to you and you were like, I think we sold 750. I was like, James, we seat 650. And we were like, yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> like, yeah. I, so, uh, I mean, we, that was a crazy screening because there was probably the most number of people who had been in this building for a movie. Uh, there were some fire problems in that building. Uh, we got, uh, no, no, oh yeah, but there was no fire at that day. You're making it sound like there were no, no but, fires uh, today, but there were, yeah, it was yeah. full. Yeah. But I remember also like, 
like I think the movie wasn't done like 12 hours nope. before the screening and I was like talking to the editor and he was like I'm gonna render this dissolve and then I'm gonna export it out I was like screenings tomorrow bro and he was like oh no, no we're fine like <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was it was that was a stressful one for that for, for those reasons definitely oh good guy <laughs> what did fun. you guys do with the extra 100 people if you sold 750 where did you get out folding chairs or you, you want to tell them what happened <laughs> i think we probably put 700 in here our, our fire code is actually 750 so maybe that's yeah. maybe that's what you were going off of yeah i was because i was thinking man this is insane i did uh the balcony because the, the makeup of the theater uh is like the right going to talk about how it is upstairs sure, like, yeah go for it so downstairs, there's what, like 600 and something? 650, 650 seats, plus some, there's some room up in the front. Yeah. But, that's but, there's a, but there's a balcony in this place when, yeah. when that, that hasn't, been re, hasn't been refurbished or not. Correct. And so that could be another, what, 200 or 500 or something like that? I mean, if, back if, in the day, it was five or 600, yeah. But, um, yeah. you know, and but uh, yeah, I think we put some people ad hoc up there, even though, you know, we, we didn't, yeah. So we, some people sat up there. I think some people just like decided not to watch the movie and eat pizza in the, in the lounge instead. Uh, so I think, I think the, I think the call got out to like, if you're a diff employee, please do not take a seat. You know, yeah, just that's what it was like, don't show up to the screening, please. Yeah, yeah. Don't okay. need you at the screening. You guys, people who are probably listening, they're like, what is diff? I don't know what that oh, sorry. means. Oh, sorry. Sorry, you uh, Texas people. You know, there are people in, outside of your state. I know okay. Explain what you do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, did we. Everybody knows I'm what does it Dallas stand for? Dallas International Film Festival. So that's my gig as artistic director, and we use theaters all around town because we don't own our own theater. And when we need enough seats, Texas is the one that we go to because it's always going to be a big splash. Like we did Blues Brothers anniversary screening there that one time with. Uh, I came to that screening. Yeah, with. John, um, John Landis was Landis here. was here, and it was really crazy. And they had the car out front with the big, uh, with two fake Blues Brothers guys who stormed. They turned. They came late. They tried to do a Blues Brothers and show up late, like in the movie. And it was like, this isn't working. People are not going to be here an hour waiting for the fake Blues Brothers band. I think. Come on. So yeah, that was it was a lot of fun. But yeah, Landis was great. There's so many great screenings there. Just. It's a lot of fun. That same year, Star Club, we also did another um, a faith-based action type thing, and that was also crazy sold out on stage. Did you do that here? Yeah, believe me, is what it was called. Oh, uh, I remember that one. Was Christopher McDonald in that? Yeah, Christopher okay. McDonald was there. Yeah, I remember, he, that, I remember that screening. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh my God, these are Zachary Zachary Knighton, Christopher yeah. McDonald, and I can't think of the other people in that film, but it was it was stupid packed. It was one of those things where if you get that place packed, you get 700 people in that thing, it, the energy is off the chain. Well, that's usually that's one of those where, like, I don't remember, if I remember correctly, that wasn't one that we had planned to do here. That was like, no. you guys were selling and like we had to make a move and I was like, let's let's do it kind of thing. Yeah, it was exactly that. Yeah. It was a Saturday night and something cleared up for you. And so, yeah. and Barack is very well versed in film festivals because he also created the Oak Cliff Film Festival, which is where the Texas theater is. Is that coming up on... I guess this year would have been at six. Well, no, this was not, this was nine actually. Nine, sorry, right. right. Uh, 2021 will be the 10th year. I get, we, we did a, we called it not the Oak Cliff Film Festival. We did a, a small one night virtual program where we didn't exactly, you know, curate 
off of our uh, submissions list. We actually offered refunds to everybody. And instead we just um, curated a night of short films by filmmakers we'd hosted before with feature work uh, and, uh, and then did a Q and A that we live streamed kind of like this. Uh, and uh, it was just, and we written, it was free and we did donations. So we did it as a small, a small thing. Um, uh, but I think we are still calling it nine. So next year we'll be 10. Uh, and hopefully it will be uh, IRL. Uh, if <laughs> right. Barack, who are some of the more famous people since you've been operating the Texas Theater in the last 10 years that have shown up there? I know that's been featured on a couple late night shows and you've had some other major celebrities come in. I mean, we've had people do, you know, performance, obviously. We have, we've had John Waters here perform. We've had uh, Kevin Smith perform. Um, and those are, those are like tours where they're here, they're, you know, they're touring on their performance slash movie. Uh, Kevin Smith has a system down for his movies, man. Um, uh, and he's open about it. You can, I'm not, it's not like private information about how much money he makes. He tries to make a hundred grand a night. Um, yeah. and, uh, and if you follow his Instagram, he'll, he'll he lines it out. Uh, <laughs> and, and the night that we were here. Yeah, now let's go follow his Instagram. Yeah, we were, we were like, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, Kevin Smith's doing fine. Um, uh, but he's, there's a system anyway. Um, who else? But we've had people just kind of show up and hang out. Conan O'Brien just showed up to hang out one night. I remember uh, that. Lars Ulrich just showed up because he heard. Oh him. my god! Um, so people like unofficially stuff like that happens all the time. Um, did so Jay Z come? Jay Z did not come. Apparently, he went to Mesa down the street. Oh. Uh, okay. And he did not pop in here. But Mesa was a kind of a hot spot for a minute. Uh, and uh, I think Conan went and ate there. Uh, and, and so, so sometimes we would get that or vice versa. People would go, come here and then they'd go there, um, you know, things like that. So um, it's always fun uh, to, get, uh, to get that sort of thing happen here. It's, it's, it's really neat. I think yeah, Michael Rappaport was there when, and the big, his podcast at one time. Then yeah. didn't Ice Cube show up on stage? Ice Cube showed up. I see, Ice right. Cube, that's right, Ice yeah. Cube. He was just here. We were like, and it wasn't sold out. We were like, oh crap, people, there's like people are missing out. It wasn't, like, it wasn't promo it was like it was, Rappaport was promoting his podcast, and you kind of would should have guessed that. But yeah, because they were in town for the big three tournament. Yeah, they're like, all here. It's like, yeah. But I'll tell you what, James, like most people were more excited to see Charles Oakley that night than I was. Uh, <laughs> I was. I wanted to go up and see if he'd knock me down. I was like, right. <laughs> up to him. He's a big dude and yeah. he looked pretty tough. He's about 60 years old, but he looked like he could take 10 guys yeah. down. Yeah, punch people in the neck. I just. <laughs> what was his nickname when he was in the NBA? Oh my God, I'm trying to think what Oakley's nickname he had like was. A tough, didn't he have like a tough guy nickname? Not it wasn't the microwave. What was his nickname? Um. Let's Google. All right. Sorry. Uh, yeah. We're getting into basketball. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, Charles, I'm going to produce on the side. You guys keep rolling. <laughs> no, I was, I was just remembering that the, the, the eventizing of the, of the theater seems to help, you know, pay the bills going they forward. They say Oak Tree was his middle name. Okay. That I feel like he had like his tough name. Yeah, I thought yeah, that was, that's not as cool as I was hoping yeah. it would be like, it's no, it's no fridge or <laughs> microwave or other kitchen appliance. <laughs> Microwave's really that tough, though. Well, what? If you've ever stuck your hand in one while it's going, I'm just saying. So that kind of talks. We had Fred Armisen. That was the other one I was just thinking of. Oh my god! That was that was technically the fastest sellout we've ever had. Sold out in about yeah, about 700 seats in about three minutes. What was the screening for that one? It wasn't. He was he was doing a show called the Comedy for Musicians, but everybody's welcome. Yeah. Um, so he basically does stand up behind a drum set. It's fantastic. Um, awesome. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. That is crazy. And it's got a new Netflix show out, a new Netflix movie out. <clears throat> but I guess yeah. I guess you didn't ask that before. But essentially, we we're mostly a movie theater, but we do uh, do performance here as well. And so we're, it's very easy to do. Uh, you know, comedy type shows, podcast type shows, filmmakers who tour, who are also basically comedians or who do monologues. And, and then it's great, somebody like Kevin Smith, because he can basically get up there and do 30 minutes of comedy. He doesn't call it that, but he does 30 minutes of material. And then we show his film. Um, you know, so uh, we love it when there are personalities who uh, have uh, an experience that they can present and go on the road and we can accommodate those kinds of shows. That's amazing. So what are... What have you been doing to survive for the last six months in the theater space? And then also, what are you, are you reopened? Are you getting reopened? What's the, what does this future look like for you? So um, we uh, closed just like everybody else did in the beginning of March, middle of March. Um, and we sat tight for a while. We did, uh, we what jumped on- What was the last doing... movie you put on screen? Uh, actually, it was The Exorcist. Um, <laughs> fitting. Um, we were running. Uh, we were doing a promotion with A24 for a film called Saint Maud that hasn't come out That's yet. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And we were doing repertory around it. And one of the picks was uh, The Exorcist, and uh, and that ended up being the last thing we ran. <laughs> um, fitting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what will be the next thing you put on screen? Well, so well, let me let me go back and notch. So basically, we um, you know we didn't show anything. We we quickly did started the virtual thing. We had virtual films up by that second week of March, um, and we jumped on doing those. And then we started doing um, uh, curbside for a minute. A lot of theaters were doing you know curbside uh, pickup of concessions and merch and other things like that. Um, and then we were thinking about maybe we would come back in July, but then obviously that the the world changed. So we switched to doing uh, screenings in our parking lot, which we call the Texas Theater Sunset Drive-In. We call it the Sunset Drive-In because it faces a street called Sunset and also Oak Cliff has these great sunsets. Um, and um, so we wheel out a rig out into the parking lot. Uh, we actually run out of our power. We can use house power. Uh, and, uh, you know, we got an FM radio rig and we do, uh, you know, remote concessions. People buy concessions on their phone uh, and then we deliver it, uh, you know. Uh, so basically, you know, touchless transactions all, all the way around. People stay in their car. We do let people go inside to use the restroom. They just have, they walk in the back door uh, out the alley and they can go straight into the restroom. So they don't have to walk through the lobby. We don't let anybody into the lobby. Um, and we've been doing that um, pretty much successfully since um, mid-July is when we started that program. Uh, we only fit 35 cars a night uh, or 35 cars a screening. So, you know, roughly 70 people a screening can watch uh, a film uh, on the inflatable screen back there. But it's been really successful. We're doing, you know, three or four to five shows a week. Uh, almost all of them have sold out. Uh, essentially. Uh, we started last week with First Run. We're doing, uh, we did Bill and Ted, Face the Music Outside, uh, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and, and we're keeping it going. Uh, you know, we haven't, even though, even though some theaters are, uh, most theaters are actually reopening now, um, we're going to sit tight for a little while longer um, because our outside program is working. Also, I don't want to talk about it too much on this, but we are working on some, doing some work inside the theater. So as that, as we 
pending the, this work that we're doing. I don't want to bring people in and then tell people they have to go back out for a bit. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to talk a little bit more about that soon. But um, uh, so that's why we're, uh, we're, we're going to stick with the drive-in thing for a while. We're gonna, we've been doing out, outdoor screenings uh, at other places too. We'll go to other, other locations. We, we're about to announce a really cool thing uh, at an offsite location that we're going to be doing in a few weeks. Um, so that's, that's our game for now. That's amazing. You've been very innovative. So congrats on the, all that success. That's really cool. And, and you guys are always that way. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So Barack, I've got one more question for you. And we've got to be cautious of, of time here for everybody. So um, talk to us a little bit about how you market the Texas theater and really kind of what your marketing style is. Uh, well, for marketing, you know, it's different and it's different now than it, it would normally be, uh, you know, for uh, for a touring, you know, performance type show. It's usually we usually have a, a presenter who's a promoter, third party for um, the shows that we normally would do, which would be local bands and movies. You know, we just promote ourselves with, you know, old school, you know, street team style posters all over the place and and uh, and heavy presence on social media and boosts and all that good stuff. Um, lately, uh, you know, the past six months, you know, obviously, you know, we got to be careful with our with our spending. So we're not doing much of any uh, from uh, PR. We're just leaning on, uh, you know, non-paid social and web and everything like that. Um, you know, we're, we're tiptoeing back into doing a little Facebook ads just now because um, we got just because we get a lot of different screenings happening. Um, but but for the most part, um, you know, it's it's newer school, uh, you know, online kind of ads mixed with uh, old school uh, street team. I have one final question. Uh huh. Let me squeeze it in, Brandon. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite part about the movie going experience? Like, why did you get into this business in a theater specifically? Well, you know, um, my goal originally was to be able to showcase um, movies that weren't getting seen outside of outside of festivals right so you know a lot of uh, films that pretty much would just play at a festival and that was it uh or or they would be just outside the mainstream where uh the, the major indies wouldn't be playing them and i just saw so many of them falling uh, through the cracks um and that you know i i always thought that there was room for another venue in town to be able to showcase uh that kind of stuff um we quickly realized early on that um showing a film festival movie on a Tuesday at 9 p.m. out of context of a film festival doesn't really work. Um, so, uh, so, so that's why we created a film festival um, <laughs> of our own. Not, nothing again, obviously there's lots of film festivals in town, but there's a reason why film festivals are film festivals um, and not just random screenings. Uh, and, that, and that moved our focus into uh, multimedia type stuff, live performance, repertory, uh, things like that. Um, uh, and, and those are the things that we all love as well. Um, but we just had to change our focus on how we presented uh, festival type movies, basically. Gotcha. Hey, Barack, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you for sharing your stories with us. And man, we've got so much more to dive into. So hopefully we will have you back on this little podcast at the movies and best of luck to you and the Texas theater as we all come out of this. We're excited about your big news.